from Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason Gacaniho! Yeah, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Jason Kelly. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. All right. Welcome back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so great to be back with you here. And, and a most cordial welcome, as the late Jack Barry would say. Welcome back to the Queens of New Yorker, everybody. It is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. And we are so delighted you're with us here for another... Oh, gee whiz. I don't want to do that. Get back to where you are going. Back. <laughs> Sound effects, and I had it on the... On a, on the uh, not what I wanted. Okay, there we go. Yes, it's the late Jack Barry who passed away yesterday in 1984, well over 30, let's see, 30 years, uh, 38 years now it's been since uh, the host of the Joker's Wild has passed away, and uh, we miss him greatly. May 2nd uh, was the day that he was jogging in Central Park, and he had a heart attack as he was returning from a trip to New York. He was about to retire and put Jim Peck in as host of the show, but unfortunately his passing went and they put in Bill Cullen. I would have rather seen Jim Peck, and I know a lot of people were, were watching reruns of that uh, of the Joker's Wild on YouTube as we watch uh, in memory. And uh, Jim Peck did a fantastic host um, hosting job, and it's unfortunate that he did not get the permanent host after Barry's passing. It is what it is, but you know what? You got to go on and, and, and live with those things. But uh, we still had two more seasons after Jack's uh, passing. Bill Cohen took over the reins, and even Jim Peck filled in for Bill Cohen every once in a while during those two last years. It just wasn't the same, as they say. But right now, as they say here, we are here tonight to talk about episode number 204 on this Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. We're looking at the history of a, of a grocery store that was um, somebody told me about that I never knew existed. We're going to look at that history today. We're looking at the history of Bohack's Grocery Store today on the Queens, New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> Bohack's Grocery Store. Mm. This, is, this is going to be fun and interesting. So we'll see what this is all about. Usually we get our information from the uh, Wikipedia. But as I was looking around and trying to find, I found a great article that not only gives a little rundown of it, but also the history of Bohack's Grocery Store. So we're going to look at that article as today's coverage. It's going to be a one-part show today. Also to let you know that 
Our show right now is about 88 listens away from 4,000. We are 3,912, so give it up once again for those listens. Keep on supporting the show and the channel here on Anchor and Spotify. We're doing fantastic. Couldn't have done it without you. Thank you very much. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the history of memories of Bow Hacks grocery stores. This is from the uh, website classicnewyorkhistory.com. And the article was written about two years ago by Brian Kachanian. And um, we're going to look at that. There's a photo also, too. We'll give you all the sights to the sounds and smells of this interesting um, grocery store that graced our presence way back in the day, um, almost uh, 1887. Wow. That's a long time. All right. Let's take a look at this great story of Bohack's Grocery Stores. Our history and memories of the Bohack grocery stores echoes many familiar thoughts and stories we shared in our recent A&P article. One of the most interesting aspects we encountered after publishing this A&P article was how many comments we received from people asking, what about Bohacks? Well, the Bohack grocery stores were ingrained in the lives of New Yorkers of the 20th century. As a former grocery store worker who experienced watching the same people shop every day, Mr. Brian Ketchian learned the sense of community that grocery stores like A&P and Bohacks had on neighborhoods. And this was not a day, there was not a day that went by in the three years that Brian had worked in this grocery store that someone did not mention Bohacks. There was no other store that people liked to talk about more than Bohacks. The question was, Why? Was it about Bohacks that people loved and could not forget? Bohacks grocery stores were located in all the New York City boroughs and on Long Island. At first, Brian thought that maybe Long Islanders' penchant for reminiscing about Bohacks were due to their fond memories of the city upbringing. However, there were many Bohacks located on Long Island, so it wasn't just about missing city life. It was simply about the passing of time and places that no longer exist. Additionally, and even more importantly, it was just about the building or the store. It was about the people who worked there. Everyone who grew up in the 1900s in New York knew someone who worked at Bohacks. Maybe it was your father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, or sister or brother, aunt, uncle, cousin, or maybe just your neighbor. And these supermarkets employed so many people. And if you didn't know someone personally who worked at Bohacks, you got to know the people who worked there. If your father or mother worked at a Bohacks in the neighborhood, you could always stop by to see them. There were not many jobs that people worked in when a friend or family member could stop by so nonchalantly to say hello and engage in conversation. Many people who shopped at Bohacks on a daily basis did it for social reasons, just as much as they did it for grocery shopping. Grocery clerks got to know people very well. 
Store managers understood that one of the keys to the success of the store was the sense of community that Bohax supplied to the neighborhoods. This was a family-owned chain of stores, and the sense of community lay at the heart of the Bohax shopping experience. In doing the research on the origins of Bohax, the uh, authors and publishers of, the, of this website, they found pictures of a book published in 1929 by H.C. Bohack entitled The Stores of Friendly Service. Now, in the book, there are many pictures of the production line that supplied Bohacks with products. However, we caught our eye the most was what caught our eye the most was the commitment to the customer that was written by the founder, H.C. Bohack, who said, Our desire and aim is to furnish the very best of merchandise at all times, and we will gladly receive any complaints and replace any purchase which is in any way unsatisfactory. We want to give you quality, quantity, service, and satisfaction at all times. H.C. Bohack. And this committee man was evident in all the stories we have heard over the years and how Bohacks served their communities. Bohacks also had their own special products that people loved. People have raved about Bohacks' own brand of cheesecake. There was also Bohacks fruitcake and a whole line of food products sold under the brand Bohack's best brand from apple sauces to white bread. Of course, just like A&P had their own 8 o'clock coffee, Bohack had their own brand of coffee sold in tin cans complete with the directions on how to brew the best cup of coffee printed right on the back of the can. One of the items that many people like to reminisce about was Bohack's own Bohack beer in a can. And I am sure there are probably some still unopened somewhere, although opening up one of those old cans may not be the best idea. 79 cents is what it cost for a six-pack back in the days. Now, for the grocery store history. The history of Bohacks goes back to the year 1887. The very first Bohack grocery store was opened on Fulton Street in Brooklyn, New York. The store was opened by H.C. Bolton, whose name would appear on the storefronts of all the original stores. H.C. Bohack was born Henry Christian Bohack in Hanover, Germany. He immigrated to the United States in 1882. He stands as one of the greatest immigrant success stories in the history of the United States. Within five years of entering the country, he had purchased his own grocery store. Over the next 50 years, H.C. Bohack would open grocery stores all across New York City and Long Island. However, he was not content with just opening grocery stores. H.C. Bohack also opened up gas stations and restaurants as well. And in many aspects, all of those businesses integrated within each other as H.C. Bohack's food production warehouses were able to supply his restaurants with products at his own prices while his gas stations could literally fuel the delivery trucks. Simply brilliant. The Great Depression put an end to H.C. Bohack's restaurants and gas stations like it did for so many businesses that went under during the worst economic time period in United States history. However, Henry Christian Bohack's grocery stores survived the Great Depression. Sadly, Henry Christian Bohack did not. He died of a heart attack at 66 years of age, in 1931 and after his passing 
Bohax continued to be run under the, under the direction of his wife, Emma, and their nephews, Paul G.A. Bohack Sr., Robert H.C. Bohack Sr., and Paul G.A. Bohack Jr. There were also a group of employees who were very close to H.C. Bohack who played a role in running the business. At the time of his death, Bohack's 740 grocery stores were estimated to be worth $40 million. In 1965, the Bohack family had enough. The family took the company public. Charles Blue Dorn, who was an incredibly powerful man as the chairman of the American conglomerate Gulf and Western Industries, Inc., became the majority stockholder of Bohacks. Founded in 1934 as the Michigan Bumper Company, Gulf and Western Industries, Inc., would become a powerful American company purchasing Paramount Pictures and Television, Simon & Schuster, Stax Records, Sega Enterprises, Madison Square Garden, and many other huge companies. The co-ownership of Paramount and Bohax is what landed the grocery store to be featured in a scene in the Paramount film The Odd Couple that starred Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. The legendary film was later turned into a television series that starred Jack Klugman and Tony Rando in the TV show. The store featured in the film was located on 87th Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan. Charles Blue Dorn's penchant for acquiring businesses led Bohax to also expand and acquire other supermarket chains such as Packers and Deitchitz Shopwell or Deitch or, or or, or ditch Shopwell. And Bohack's expansion and acquisitions would prove to be fatal for the company as the recession of the 1970s would cause the company to go through multiple bankruptcies until they closed their stores for good in 1977. Grocery stores like Bohack's played an important role in the lives of New Yorkers for many years. These were neighborhood stores that were part of the community like the local candy store, Pizza Palace, or pizza place, or luncheonette. Corporations have long replaced these local experiences. They're not much of a personal connection within a Starbucks or Wendy's or a large stop and shop. The corporations may have taken away many of these local experiences, like the legendary Bohax grocery stores, but they have not been able to take away our memories of them. We still own those. And there you have it. All the information of the great history of Bohax Grocery Stores right here on the Queens New Yorker. Great, great history. Wonderful story. Well, next time on the program here on Wednesday or on Thursday, when we look at another great uh, company, we're going to look at the company that we were going to talk about in the next one, and that was um, uh, Dugan's. Uh, it was uh, Dugan's. Uh, <laughs> I think it was called Dugan's Bakery. Yep. I have a, yeah, on Pinterest, they have a, uh, 
Whoops, I thought they had a story that goes with it. Let me see. Yeah, let's see. Oh, oh, here it is. My retrospect. That's it. The Dugan's Man. Great story, which we will look at on retrospect.com. Back two years ago, I don't know if there's an author. Is there an author? But it was prompted by door-to-door sales. And there's a good list uh, going. Oh, John Shetkin is the, I guess he was the Dugan's man. Wow. Okay, well, we'll look at that. And I'll look up some more information for you before uh, Thursday's episode, which should be a good one. But thank you to the ClassicNewYorkHistory.com website. And thank you to Brian Ketchian for writing it and of course the photos which we will give to you look really good but who knew that 79 cents for a six pack back in the days for beer would cost you only 79 cents that's pretty interesting that's all we have for today on the Queens New Yorker I'm Jason DeCannon remember be honest be real and keep it simple stupid kiss on the Queens New Yorker we'll see you on Thursday Have a great night. Bye-bye. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio Internet presentation. Thank you for your support. Thank you.